Hello and welcome to Running Inside Out Podcast, where we talk about the races we ran in, the races we're not in, and getting outside to see what's going on inside the Rochester running scene. In this episode, we pump up the volume with Amber Rowe. And by volume, we mean miles. Lots and lots of miles. With a bit of guest starring support from her husband, Greg, Amber and I talk about high mileage training and a full family life. We also chat a little bit about her pension for cooking delicious trail treats. Um, and uh, for real, like I've, I've totally had some of these uh, trail treats. They're amazing. Um, legit. Uh, so high mileage endurance training, uh, super momming and culinary expertise. Amber graciously reveals uh, some of her secrets to fitting it all in while not getting injured. Um, spoiler, not spoiler. Many of Amber's miles are on her home treadmill. So uh, listen up, trail runners. You might just learn something today. And with that, let's get into the trails, training, food, friends, and yes, even feelings of Rochester runners. I don't even know if I would get that. Rubber ducky. You're the one. You make the best time. So much fun. Okay. Um, so, Amber, now that, you, now that you've seen the, yes. pro- the level <laughs> the of whole pro- process, the level of professionalism <laughs> this podcast brings. Maybe um, it's the carpet. I don't know. <laughs> static. It's the static in the carpet. Um, so I asked you to do this podcast and you agreed. Uh, so crazy me. <laughs> now here we now here we are. Um, kitty cat. <laughs> so uh, usually when we do one of these, we talk about you know what gets the runner running. Sometimes we get um, the runner uh, wants to just talk about a current race or wants to talk about their training and I think what we talked about is you want to talk about all those things yeah I don't think that I fall into a box when it comes to my running I started running when my daughter was very little just as the new mom kind of get back in shape thing and discovered racing oh goodness when she was about two so that's seven years ago and initially really liked racing, was surprised at what I could do and learned that I could do more than what myself and others thought I could do. That faded very quickly because I put so much stress on myself for a race performance that the train I got more gratification out of the training mm-hmm. and having a schedule and you're going to try new things and you're going to do this every day and that it just brought me comfort. It was reassuring to know that I was building into my day a workout, health, bringing nutrition along with it. Um, and now years later, I run a lot. So you, <laughs> you said that you originally got into it for um, new mom had a baby. Yep. A lot of new moms find themselves pretty busy with a new Yeah, family. well, and this was my second, too. So I was doubly busy, but I'm also very good with 
schedules and organization. And especially with my kids, it was always really important to me when they were little that they had good routines. I always felt that that was going to be influential to them. And in doing so, and I did it in my regard rather well, it built me a block of time that I had time to do things that I wanted to do. So especially, I mean, she was two and Charlie was four and it's like, oh, they're napping at the same time. I did it. Mom, win. I have an hour to run. And it just, it, it went on from there and it only got better. And with the scheduling that I've been able to do with all of our routines, um, I make it work. Right. So you, so you have your routine down to a science, right? The kids are asleep. Not even asleep. No. And there were there were many times that and I'm not a morning person by any stretch of the imagination. (laughs) Greg can attest that I will stay in bed as long as humanly possible to some extent. Um, But when they were little, my running was usually done in the middle of the day during nap time or quiet time. And if one was napping and the other was awake, they were down in the basement with me near the treadmill playing. And it was I'm still fielding questions and mommy, why does Thomas do this on this show? And can I have a snack? And nobody, you got to wait till I'm done. And I still do that to this day. I will go out to the garage to run and I get the, how long are you going to be gone, mommy? How many miles are you going? I'll be gone for two shows. So they watch a show, they do homework, they listen to music. I'll get the pop in. Can I have a cheese stick? It's, yeah. The same as it's been. So that, so, you know, for me, like my, my running is, um, I have to have all my stuff packed because, well, I'm heading out to the trail. So, and if I, if I fall out of that routine and something's not packed, suddenly it takes me 30 minutes to get ready. Then it takes me 20 minutes to get to the trail. Then it takes me 35 minutes to shower. Right. So I'm adding so much. A lot of time. Extra time. Yeah. And it seems like one of the benefits you have uh, of being the treadmill runner is um, I'm ready to go and I'm going. Yeah, it is. You go right from your decision to your running. One of the hardest things that you deal with in running on a treadmill is, well, especially in my situation is that because it's at the house, you come home. Mm -hmm. There aren't a lot of people that when they get home and then have to prepare themselves for a run, in my experience are giddy about it. It's like, well, I'm home now. I don't want to do anything else. But I come home and there's often times on in the middle of the week, I have to prepare myself to eat something, get changed, and mentally get myself in the headspace that I'm going to be running for one to two hours. Or or three. Yeah. And with having the kids, it's I have to do stuff early in the morning or – I have to prepare them. Okay, we get home from school. You're inside. You do your chores. You do your homework. When all that's done, you have the liberty to play a game or watch TV while I'm finishing up, but I'm going to be out doing this. And they're great about it. They're supportive of it. And they also know that they don't get away with anything. Mm-hmm. Right, because you're not gone. Yeah, I'm not gone. I'm not that far away. <laughs> and so you had said that, I mean, they've sort of grown up with it. They I have. Mean, they yeah. know that from- They know the time they're born that mom runs yeah and i get the mom you're gonna be out there for an hour (laughs) yes (laughs) so so sometimes a lot of people will say that they get escape 
from running. Yeah. You know, I get out there, I'm in the trails, and I'm just running. But you're, you, are you escaping in a different way? Yeah, I think it is a different way. Um, people that are close to us know that Greg and I are... We share our kids with their other parents. So there are days when I I don't have to run with the kids. They're not home. So I do have the liberty to spend a lot of time. And I structure my training plans and my workouts in the sense that the times that I'm spending longer running is when they're not here. They they don't need my attention as immediately as if they would on other days. Um, on the days they're home, it's still an escape. But at the same time, I don't look at it so much as a and escape as it's they see mom getting everything done Mm -hmm. um i am i make all of our meals we're not a dining out family it's a rare occasion maybe one or two times a month where i'm desperate and i'll throw a frozen pizza in the oven but by and large i'm making all of our meals i'm neurotic about the laundry and the dishes and the house cleaning and this is just an add-on to all of that that they see mom do it all and so speaking of making all the meals um the first time that i I recall actually meeting you was recently um you had made uh the buffalo cauliflower bites to bring to trail run right yes so um I came running out of the trail, and there's two people sitting... <laughs> sitting in, in lawn chairs. Sitting in lawn chairs. With booze. <laughs> in the parking lot. And I'm like, huh, they weren't there when we left. Nope. And then, and I and I hear you say something like, well, if we want to see our friends, we got to come sit out yeah, in the dirt. We do. <laughs> yeah, our, the majority of our friends are like you and trail runners. That's not something that... We have any aspirations to do, but we love the people that do it. And it is. It's making the effort. If we want to see the people that we care about, we go to where they are. So in that particular instance, and there's been many, many other instances, we just show up at the end of a race or not even the end, but the, that one in particular, we did show up at the end of the run. It was yeah. just a regular It was a Thursday, Thursday night, night run. And you brought cauliflower buffalo bites yeah we brought dips and cauliflower wings and yeah yeah i did i brought the oreo truffles (laughs) yeah and we hung out and we drank some beers and can't afford real truffle not the real truffles (laughs) i don't even buy truffle oil come on (laughs) you know we did buy some of the truck the bottles are so small i know (laughs) by a drop yeah it's like okay, truffle oil. You're like, you're, and it doesn't make any difference because no. olive oil is the same thing. Yeah. And you can't find it because the bottle's so small. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, but one of the other things to that was, you know, um, you have these trail running friends, but you just said you have no aspirations to run trails. No, I really don't. Um, I think I could do. From a physical standpoint, I'm not afraid of hills. When I actually do get off the treadmill, I run hills. I run elevation on the treadmill pretty regularly. And when I run outside, hills don't scare me. The environment of trail running is not something that makes me comfortable. And when I run, I want to be happy. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. And my environment is different than other people's environment. I like to plug into my treadmill and put on reruns of the West Wing. I've seen every episode probably 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't want, I don't want to say more, probably 10 to 15 times. I have probably watched the entire series 10 to 15 times. So have you read, um, Rob Lowe's book stories? I only no. tell my friends. <laughs> no. Did they, did they Rob make, I, <laughs> I didn't even know he wrote books. He so, can write books. <laughs> well, I'm sure, I'm sure he had help. I would hope so. <laughs> but um, it's a book called Stories I Only Tell My Friends. And in that, there's a piece, obviously, where he talks about yeah. making the West Wing. So I figured a super fan. I know. See, I'm a super fan of the show. But outside talks, of that. He talks about how he met Martin Sheen and like how that all. I might have to check this out. You know, it's, it's, I was. I do. I've actually, I had a dream not that long ago that they like tried to revamp it and bring it back and it was awful. It was and called it was, the East Wing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> turned into a nightmare very quickly. So, um, yeah, I was really actually pleasantly surprised. Really? By how to check it out. I was because. He talks about The Outsiders, which is a movie I, I really, yep. really like a lot. And talks about how his parts were cut in The Outsiders. And it's just, it's it was entertaining. Yeah, and, and I have large, to look at that. After I read that, I was like, man, I should have watched more of The West Wing. It's great. It's on Netflix. Yeah, I know it is. <laughs> Where there was a funny story that happened D- December. Christmas. Yeah, it was December. Wasn't it Christmas Day? Well... <laughs> No, but it led up into Christmas Day. So I watch The West Wing when I run. <laughs> I watch it so often when I run. And it's on Netflix, and it's been on Netflix for a really long time. And um, Netflix released their Leaving Netflix in December list. And it had on Christmas Day that The West Wing was leaving. And I had a bit of kind of a panic attack. <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm going to do because I will run for hours and watch four or five episodes Mm -hmm. it just I don't think about anything I watch it I know all the words and it just makes me happy so I ran Christmas day and then the next day no Christmas Eve Christmas day night Greg said put it on the tv so we put it on and he said I'm gonna pause it right here and maybe if I pause it right here in the morning when you go run It'll still be. <laughs> you can have one last episode. <laughs> so I go out to the treadmill. I load up Netflix on the iPad. And it's still, magically, it's still there. Great. Turned out I didn't have to be all upset about anything. And if I'd used Google to my advantage, would have found out it was a contractual obligation that they had to put in there that it was leaving because they hadn't re-signed the contract. So all of my angst was for nothing. So West Wing is still there. It's still there. And now I'm back. I'm already back at Christmas. I was at season seven, and now I'm back to, like, season three. <laughs> okay. Going strong. And, and so the reason you can do that is because of the amount of miles you're running. Yeah. Well, and Gray actually made a comment yesterday um, with how much time I'm spending running. You have to give something up. Something's mm-hmm. going to be sacrificed. I'm spending right now 10 to 12 hours a week running. Mm-hmm. You have to give something up. You give up time with friends. You give up time with your family. You give up. A lot of people like to sit around and watch TV. I'm not that type of person. Yeah. When our day is done, we'll sit and watch things, but we don't often watch them conclusively. We're talking and not paying much attention. But I don't get a lot of 
enjoyment out of just watching TV. I get an enjoyment out of the West Wing. Yeah. Um, so if I want to enjoy that, I enjoy it while I'm running. Yeah, I sort of dropped. I dropped TV. Yeah. Out of my life when I started, just picking up my. Life. It's just it's not there. You know, I have two five year olds who require um, at least to know their dad's name and to know their dad. A tremendous their amount name, of work. You know. <laughs> Um, Chris. <laughs> Chris. Oh well, Riley does in fact call me Chris. It surprises. Oh, that's right. I almost it surprises some that. people, but um, we're we're on a first name basis. Me and my daughter, <laughs> we're tight. Um, but you yeah. don't call her daughter. <laughs> you daughter. should. Right. So why should she? Yeah, why, if she calls you Chris, why don't you call her daughter? Well, why should she or call? Kid. Why should she call me daddy if I don't call her daughter? I guess right. So mm-hmm. maybe that's why we don't go to the daddy daughter dance. We're not going to the Riley Chris dance, right? Like, <laughs> they named it incorrectly. So, um, yeah, I just I don't watch TV. I mean, occasionally um, before bed, like if I like if I run a lot that day and I have to really make sure I get some good stretching in before bed, then I'll throw on uh, something on Netflix. Yeah. Um, lately, it's Flash. I'm, I'm actually enjoying episodes of The Flash, which is something I have not watched a series. So six episodes now I'm in. It's like a record. That's awesome. It's a record. Yeah, that's I we I don't think we've gotten that far in anything. We made it through all of the making of a murderer, but that was ten episodes, so right. it wasn't. But for us, like we have one show that we're kind of religious about watching not even religious but we watch blacklist no we watch it when we have a chance to get to it and that's the beauty of living in this day and age is that oh we have all this entertainment and we'll watch it but we'll watch it when we want to yeah yeah we don't have to be at the tv at eight o'clock on a tuesday night whatever we watch it and like you said before we talk through things we do 90 percent of the time so we put it on and oh we didn't really absorb any. And we of watch this, it we again a different day. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, we we don't spend a lot of time yeah. watching TV. There are nights when I'll be so exhausted from running, and he'll be so exhausted from work and running that it's we just need to veg out to something, and we'll put on like a house hunter show, yeah. and we don't speak. <laughs> and so you have you've cut out commuting for running. You don't you don't drive to the trail, right? And you sort of are right on it, and you're going, and you're saying ten to twelve hours, and you're doing 80, 70 to eighty miles a week. Yeah, the training plan that I'm following right now has me. I'm. I'm above 70 for the entire training plan. And that, um, that's a Fitzinger it's plan, It's a Fitzinger right? plan. It's the Fitzinger. It's, I modified it a little bit because when I did the treadmill marathon, um, the timing of all of that left me with not a lot of time to take good, good care of recovery and base building and the training plan. So I had to kind of parse it down. So I ended up doing a one-week shortened recovery plan and a 16-week FITS plan. So it's the FITS, what should have been the 18-week plan, but parsed down to 16 weeks. And and so you're, um, so there, there's a lot in there, right? So, yeah, there's a lot. So, so you, I run every day. Right, so you did a treadmill marathon on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving Day. All right, so we're going to cover that in a second. Okay. And you're doing the plan... 16 week plan because you're running up to Boston yep. 2016. My first Boston. So <laughs> there's there's a lot here. Yeah. So let's start with 
Treadmill marathon. Treadmill marathon and, was... And the important part is, which season of The West Wing did you watch during the treadmill <laughs> I marathon? didn't watch any of it. <laughs> I did all music for the marathon, which I know I need to do. No, anytime I do anything fast, I can't watch TV. Mm-hmm. I have to have music. Music pumps me up, like most people. Mm-hmm. Um, it No, so no, I didn't watch any TV during the marathon, and I was incredibly blessed for that day, I had a tremendous amount of res- support and respect for what I was trying to do. Um, the reason for running the treadmill marathon was incredibly personal. And like I said earlier, we share our kids with their other parents. And this was the year that Greg and I didn't have any of the kids home for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So this was a way to keep my mind occupied, keep my body occupied, not feel the sadness that comes with knowing your kids aren't home and this is a major holiday and you want to share that time with them. So it was like, you know what? What the hell? It's, I don't have to make a huge meal. I did anyway. I'm not required to make a huge meal. I don't have the kids running around the house wondering what's going on when people are showing up. Um, so I'm like, I'm just going to do it. I've wanted to do it for a long time. The furthest I'd ever run on the treadmill prior to that, I think, was 22 miles. And to me, 4.2 more was not a big deal. So mm. why not do it? But I set myself a pretty aggressive goal and kind of made it semi-known that I was doing it. And Greg was awesome. Greg, Greg made it more than he semi-known. Made, well, yeah. We'd had many conversations. No. He wasn't sure what I wanted. Um, mm-hmm. but I did, I wanted, I wanted people to know only for the caveat that I want people to know it's possible. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have anything to do with me. I'm going to do mm-hmm. it regardless, but mm-hmm. I want people to know that doing this, whatever mileage you want to run, whatever you want to achieve, mm-hmm. it's possible with the right support. Mm-hmm. And he gives me a tremendous amount of support. And I have friends that go above and beyond, had a very good friend who lined my well greg hung them up but she made posters up the yin yang and hung a finish line on my treadmill Mm -hmm. and um, i had friends facetime me while i was running pacer i had a i had a a personal pacer (laughs) you were on a treadmill and you had a pacer i did so yes your friends and this was independent of me they they provided signs and snuck them into the house before the race. My only job was to get that put up before you ran. And you did. Yeah. Yeah, you, you sort of knew it was. Thanks going to on, the but... pre marathon bathroom breaks you have to take in the morning. <laughs> right. So I wonder I want, what is that like? Like, you know, you gotta get to the start line, but it's whenever you feel like it, you gotta get it to the It wasn't though. I had had I ex- I had it all set up as it was it was going to be a race. It was it was a 9 a.m. start time. There was no deviating from this. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I didn't think of, and I have a, I don't have regret over it, but I wish I would have thought of it, is that I didn't play the national anthem for myself. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that may have made it. <laughs> so, and you said you set a pretty ex- uh, aggressive goal. I did. For I this. set. I ran my official marathon PR. I ran in Erie this year, which was my Boston gimme gave me the BQ and enough buffer to actually run the race was a 331. Mm-hmm. And I set a goal for myself of 325. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and crushed it. 323. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I did I did pretty good. I'm not I'll be the first to recognize that running on a treadmill from a physical standpoint is easier than running on a road. I ran completely flat, flat the entire time. Um it's not the same. But I felt great the day I did it. I trained well. Having the support around, having the music I wanted, mm-hmm. being able to FaceTime. I FaceTimed with Prem and my friend Rochelle and my kids and Laura. And I mean, it was just awesome. It was right there in front of me. Everything I wanted was at my fingertips. What was it? What was at the aid stations? (laughs) No, we actually, we had a running joke going that if I wanted water, people would have to run at me and I would have to try and grab it. (laughs) We never actually did that. Maybe next time. (laughs) But that's, I mean, that's pretty solid, uh, a pretty solid block to sort of I guess finish a cycle of training right you finish a cycle of training with a marathon and you have one week recovery before you start a 16 week build again I had about it was like a it was close to a four week recovery um I didn't I took a couple days off the first week back was real easy and then but I did build I built rather quickly and it was within less than a month that I was back to running 50 60 miles a week and mm-hmm. and and what was that was so over Christmas that's when that build yeah. picked up yeah and Christmas then, into and what was January like January was I think I ran a little more than 200 miles of 2016 yeah Oh no, that's this, this year. last month. January I ran three fifty. Yeah. yeah three hundred and fifty. Oh, December. Month? So December was like Yeah, December the after Thanksgiving and in past Christmas, I think it was like two forty something, which was my recovery and my build. And then January was I topped out at three fifty. So six hundred miles in the last two months. Yeah. Um so I guess the question for me is uh, you are you are you bionic no like like does stuff hurt right now i am sore i get sore i get sore after workouts what i've come to love which this is where the treadmill is a godsend to me and i'm blessed to have the machine that we do is i always struggled prior to what i'm doing now with recovery running and i would go out on the road and i would try and i would fail with the pacing. I would run too fast. I would run too hard and I'd get sore and more tired and it just, it wasn't aiding. So using the treadmill as a tool, especially for my recovery running has, I believe has had a great influence on what I'm doing because I'll go out there. My Mondays are my only right now double days, but it's double recovery. So it sounds weird to people. (laughs) I run 10 miles every Monday. I run six miles in the morning and four miles in the afternoon. But it's all at recovery pace. And using a treadmill, I set it and say, you can't run any faster than this. Set it and forget (laughs) it. Like, this is it. This is all you're allowed to do. Those runs have left me feeling amazing the next day. And so do you do this with heart rate or do you do it by No, I haven't. (laughs) Heart rate training and I are... It's an interesting thing. Um, I had a coach last year, which I'm 
will be forever grateful for. She pulled me out of a bad overtraining cycle and we did a lot of heart rate training. But what I learned about myself and my own training is that running by heart rate, when I see data, that affects my mood. And looking at something and going, crap, Amber, I don't see Amber slow down. I see, Amber, you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. And then yep. I get upset. Wow. It's, and a very, it, it's an insight that I think people don't, it doesn't register with them. Yeah, right? it's, I see failure and that I'm not hitting where I'm supposed to be hitting. So in working with her, I actually learned a lot about myself my how my brain works how my emotions work and i don't need to get upset with myself about these things i'd be more than happy to throw on a heart rate monitor now i think that i'm in a much better headspace in those regards and my heart rate wouldn't do the things that it used to do because i can look at it and go like oh you're a little bit up it's not a big deal knock it off, calm down, you're okay. But that took me almost a year Mm -hmm. to get into that headspace. So how do you know what your recovery pace is? Right now I'm using McMillan for pacing. Um, I end up usually on the quicker side of the recovery (laughs) range. I've tried to do some slower stuff, and especially as the training plan that I'm doing now progresses, I'll be more diligent in doing it a little slower than what, is called for just because I know I peak at 87 miles and I have to be smart. I can't run 87 miles in a week and have my easy runs be 830 pace and my recovery runs only be an 850 pace. There has to be more of a range in there. So um, one of the other things, again, I think just sticking with the uniqueness of your training is uh, the specificity in the training, right? Hills, Kill you can you can sort of mimic hills with speed work, but what about downhills? And so <laughs> well, that's where I'm a lucky girl. Um, our treadmill goes up to a three percent decline, yeah. and for Boston training, decline is king. Yep. And there's lots of articles all over the internet about doing tread, especially with the timing of the race. It's in April, so. Everybody who's running Boston, if you're in our area of the world, you're training in the winter. Mm -hmm. So either you have to be a, what I call hardcore person and want to run outside and find those downhills that you can hammer. I'm not that way. I have a treadmill that lets me do that. Mm -hmm. The steepest decline in Boston is a 5%. So obviously I can't mimic that, but I can come pretty close. Um, and I've been doing that. I'm going to do a lot more of it. I have 85 days. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Not counting. (laughs) Not counting. I have 85 days to hammer my quads to. But you can do 10 miles of consecutive downhill if you want. Oh yeah. I don't need to for this race course, but what I've been trying to do is I did a couple runs, um, last week. I think I did a total of about 80 minutes of downhill running at a very, very steep grade. And really all it is is just getting your legs strong. Mm -hmm. What I'm going to start doing in the next phase of my training is the decline with the incline, which is Mm -hmm. when you get to heartbreak hill. Right. But you can you can sort of just change that and 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 you can I think what's interesting is you can do a long 
sustained run for you could do a six mile downhill oh, as yeah. a workout yeah whereas somebody like me we got to find hill repeats so we'll go out to bristol and we'll do um it's a 1.7 mile up which okay. that's a nice up and it's 1.7 mile down that's cool but um it's on rocks and it's at like 10 percent so you get more beat up right and you could do two of those the Hardcore runners will do three of those, um, but you take more of a physical pounding yeah. to do that. No, you got to learn sort of how to run those downhills. But I think you know if you get a, a three per negative three percent grade, you can run for ten miles. Yeah, and and instantly you're at home with your roller and your protein shake. That's yeah. that's pretty sweet deal. Yeah, it is. There's it's. It's different running a downhill on the treadmill. We were talking about, Greg and I were talking about this the other day. Your body takes a different toll because you have force coming back at you with a treadmill. Mm -hmm. So there's different parts of your body that don't respond the same way as if you're using gravity to drag you down a hill. So the body actually reacts differently. You're running down, but you have to keep yourself from running into the treadmill yeah so there's force involved and it the workout it gives you is not to be taken for granted um i have every intention of getting outside and doing mm -hmm. legitimate hill work mm -hmm. and downhill work mm -hmm. once the elements subside once, once our harsh winter <laughs> i know i know i'm a baby this has been an easy winter but <laughs> i am trust me there are, there are things to your training plan that if people are going to hear this they're going to be like that's pretty sweet yeah i could go sweet. for some of that um but i i think the uh you know the it sounded like what you were just describing was running downhill into a stiff breeze like there's a force pushing you back up. It's like running downhill into a hurricane. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's trying to stop you. Yeah. It's it's the toenails. It is, really. Like you talk about beating up your feet. Yeah. It's it's murder on wow. your feet. Yeah. So does your treadmill have the programs? Will it it'll change the grade for you? It will not the it doesn't change the grade. Well, it does. It does It does have an elevation profile that will change the grade, but all of the program grades in this treadmill will not automatically do a down a, a decline. Mm -hmm. So I have to do that. Um, we have, we used Greg's data from Boston, whichever one you did. I don't, I don't know which file we used, but he took the data from his file off of his Garmin, and I have quarter mile increments for the entire course. Mm -hmm. so you haven't I, thought about this at all. I have. I actually tried to program it because I can put personal programs into the treadmill. Yeah. I actually can't make it work because in the personal programs, it will not let you put in a, a decline, which is terrible. Um, but I did run a couple of weeks ago. I think I did the first 10 miles and I followed the plan and what the actual elevation profile is. And I ha plan on doing it for one of my 20s or 22s mm -hmm. just to... Mm -hmm. I got it. I, I need to feel it. I need to feel what it mm -hmm. feels like. Mm -hmm. So um, you got the volume. That's yeah. for sure. You got a pretty nice, you know, kind of training regimen. Um, what about, you know, the trip to Boston? I'm excited for the trip. <laughs> As you roll with his eyes. <laughs> uh, I'm excited for the trip. I love Boston. I It's one of my favorite cities. There are no rolling of eyes. 
Jones on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't exist. Yeah, it, it didn't escape notice is what I can tell. There's no picture of it. I'm excited for the trip. Um, I don't have a huge goal for Boston, a running goal. So even now I'm going into it as it's just he's yawning now. <laughs> he's taking your picture. <laughs> I don't have a solid time goal for myself for Boston. Greg's done it a number of times and has always told me that you run your first one for fun. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get myself into the best shape I can. He shakes his head. You're lying. You're lying. I'm not lying. No, yes, you are. Will you please be honest with the audience? <laughs> or at least with yourself. I'll be honest with the audience and myself. Right now I'm training myself to possibly run a 320-ish at Boston. Yep. And to have fun doing it. Exactly. But I don't think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't have any misconceptions that it's going to happen or not going to happen or that it's going to happen. It would be it'd be pretty sweet to run a PR at Boston. I don't think it's going to happen, especially <laughs> in my first. It'd be amazing if it does. My caveat to all of this training was get yourself into the best shape you can to potentially run this time. But when I line up, I'm just going to run what my body is able to run. What if you're in the best shape that you have ever been in and you don't run a PR? I'll be fine. Why? Because the race times don't matter to me anymore. She's right. above that. She's already qualified I, for no, Boston. Chris, why don't I why don't the, why don't the race times? <laughs> I'll ask the questions anymore? around here, Greg. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't get off on. Now, but, I've done what most runners would call the epitome of running, mm-hmm. is you qualified for Boston. That's but, huge. But you are training not to run well at Boston. You are training to run a 320 I'm training Boston. to better myself. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't happen in Boston, I'm not going to be upset. Mm-hmm. I'm happy that I got there. I will probably do pretty well. Considering um, I'd like to requalify at a minimum, which I don't think is, if I stay healthy through the training cycle, I don't think that's out of the question. But no, I mean, I I trust his advice implicitly. And to run the first one for fun, that's fine. I'm going to run it. I'm going to enjoy myself. Mm-hmm. But I'm hopefully going to get myself into the best shape I've ever been and do well. Yeah. Are you going to... Um... You're going you're gonna to stay in Boston? You're yeah, gonna we're going to stay nights. in Boston. We're going to go Sunday. We're going to stay there Sunday and Monday night. Uh, we've gone for him a couple times. He did it. You did it in what, 11? Yeah. 14 and 15. So. No, 13. 13 and 14. 11, 13, and 14. So he did the first one. I didn't know him when he did it, but um, the second one. He was there the year of the bombing, and that was an event. And then we went back the next year as the, you have to go back, because nothing's going to keep us from going back. And the only 
negative thing in going into this race is that we had wanted to run it together. My first one we wanted to do together, and we're not doing that this year, but that's the hence and requalifying. I'd love to requalify, have him qualify later in the year, and then maybe we go back next year and we do it together. Mm-hmm. I can't see Boston as a race that I will do over and over and over again. I have more fun. We'll see after I run it, but historically I've had a great time being a spectator and would probably mm. rather do that than <laughs> run. <laughs> run. Yeah. Seems like a lot of work running it. I don't. Yeah, <clears throat> it's like it's expensive. Well, and I, I so I, I've the only big city marathon I've run is New York City, and um, I know they're not similar, but they are similar in corrals and amount of people and travel and logistics in a sense. And I mean, for New York City, there's a little bit more travel. Um, yeah. But I had to get up at 4 a.m. to start a 10 a.m. marathon. Because, Due to the travel? Yeah, because of the travel. I'm on a cab, and then I'm sitting and waiting for a ferry, and then I'm sitting and waiting that for a bus. That doesn't sound out of line, because weren't you getting on the shuttle at like 6.30 to go to the train, to go to the bus, to go to the start? I don't remember. The you train. were leaving the hotel but around yeah, 6. But yeah, it was early cause, because of all the Which, stuff. that's just awful. Yeah, yeah and I mean, you're so... The race, the Boston starts at noon. Starts at right? 10. At the 10. elites go off at 10. Right. God only knows what time I go off. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, after, right after the race is over, you're starting. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as the winners finish, I'm, yep. <laughs> I cross um, the start. But line. I mean, there's just so much involved in there. And, yeah. That's you know. not really my cup of tea. Yeah. I've done so, the, the biggest race that I've done before now is Marine Corps. And I loved it, mm-hmm. um, but I was ninety seconds off the start mat, so mm-hmm. it's not the yeah. same thing. So, um, for for things like shoes and stuff, you have a standard pair of shoes that work for you on the treadmill as well as the I road. Wish, and... I wish I do. I'm an Asics lover. Um, I've I started running in Asics years ago. I took advice from other people and tried to change shoes. Oh, I like this. You should try this. Um, And it Mm -hmm. didn't work for me. I've gone back to Asics every single time, and I absolutely love them. I get frustrated with them because they change their shoes all the time. Yeah, you got to buy like six pairs of (laughs) the model you like. So I'm in a pair now that I've been lucky the last couple times I've been able to find them. They're retired, but been able to find them on Amazon for $65, which isn't a bad shot for a pair of shoes that I absolutely love. I don't know what I'm going to do when they're all gone. (laughs) (laughs) So I just thought of another question because I'm talking to a person who um, excels on the treadmill. When I run on a treadmill, my mouth gets really dry. Whenever, There's cup holders. Whenever I run anywhere else, my mouth, if I run outside, it doesn't get dry. Like, really? If I run a track, it doesn't get dry. Where, Something what about, environment are you in? Just like the Y. It's just, warm in there. Yeah. And my mouth just gets dry. I wonder, too, though, if it isn't mental. It might be. I mean, maybe I'm not swallowing as much or yeah. something. But. I, I mean, the biggest complaint that I get from people, and I'm like, oh, do you want to use our treadmill? Do you want to come over and run? Oh, you should go to the gym and run. They're like, I can't do it. I, if there's like an anxiety level that oh. comes with being confined to a yeah. certain space. You know, I don't have that. You notice I, never, I didn't make the, the stupid joke that everybody makes about the, the treadmill. I, I think they're, I think that they're cheap jokes, 
Um, What's so, the joke? Well, Nobody needs to know the joke. Just, yeah, just the whole treadmill or the hamster, oh, yeah. or the hamster oh. on the wheel or chasing the carrot, all that crap. Um, for me, I, I like there's things about it. Like sometimes I'm not the world's greatest runner, so sometimes I'll slap my arm off against the railing, and I'll be like, "Why the hell did I do that?" No, like, I was running today. I did a <clears throat> tempo run today, and I find myself drifting to the right. I'm yeah. Like, why am I drift? What's going on? Why am I moving that way? I'm like, is my shoe tie too tight? Is like my sock out of line? Like, what's going on? Why am I moving? No, it's it yeah. happens. He when we run at the gym together, it I get so worried because I pay more attention to Greg when he's running. When we're running next to each other, I worry he's gonna just hit like the stop just button. Just can't take your eyes off. Him, exactly. Huh? <laughs> I worry he's gonna hit the stop button because he's done that before. Especially at the end of his runs, his arms get going. I'm like, oh my God, he's going to hit it. And he's going to reset his whole workout. And then he'll be mad. <laughs> yeah. I can't lose it. I lost, I lost my hike this weekend. My Garmin did I saw it, yeah. factory reset. And I, I was like, namaste. It's okay. But I was so just, I was so frustrated because there's no reason for it to not work. Yeah. There's no reason. And I'm just like, whatever. It's just data. But no. It's, no, it's data. It is data. And yeah, runners were data freaks. Yeah. Uh, it's so frustrating to me. Um, I record manual splits when I run even on the treadmill. But... <laughs> it's just me. Every time. Nice. Yeah. Attention attention to detail. Well, he is... throws a towel over his, but I'm like, no, I can't not look. I have to know what yeah. each mile was. <laughs> but, but yet you find yourself with your heart rate, and like you couldn't look at that. And yeah, no. Isn't it the, so interesting? It is, right? Yeah. The things we do to ourselves. I will say, training with, with my the coach that I used last year, it taught me a lot. It got me to calm down, mm-hmm. chill out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the biggest takeaway that I have with my training in the, the last two years is that mm-hmm. The things that I used to care about, the getting, working myself up about races and performance times, I don't have that anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm running because I like to run. I'm running in an environment that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. And almost every time when I go out to run, I come back and go, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. That was great. Maybe it was hard, but I feel good. Yeah, and you've created it. It's like you said; it's part of your your part of your lifestyle. Yeah. Your kids would think something was weird if you weren't running. Yeah, right. They do. They ask. I pick them up at school. Like, mom, do you have to run this afternoon? Yeah. Mom, why didn't you run yet? Yeah. Like, yeah. mommy, how many miles are you running today? <laughs> it's what's um, so my my kids have learned sort of the difference between feet and miles, and they've learned the difference between what like. They know what 13... I don't think my kids have learned that. Well, they, they just know, like, you know, they're like, I ran, like, a million feet. How many miles is that, you know? And I'm like, well, did you really run a million feet, you know? And we'll do silly little things like that, but it's like, are you going for one of your big runs or one of your big, big runs, you know? And it's like, well... They do. It's interesting. My kids, actually, when they were the age of your kids, used to pay attention to the numbers more than they do now. And... Charlie, when I when he was younger, was like, and I would give him examples like, "Well, I'm going to run ten miles. I'm going to run from here to Grandma and Grandpa's house." And it was like, "What? <laughs> what are you doing?" Now I can tell them, 
I'm going to run 20 miles on Sunday. And they're like, don't you do that every Sunday? Like, darn it. (laughs) It's over. We're not impressed. (laughs) We'll see. Now, we have other races that are longer than marathons, if you'd like. uh, Yeah, yeah. They happen to mostly be on trails, though. Well, there's some out there that are. Well, you know, comrades. Where's that one? South Africa. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's a um, it's a road ultra, and they it's one of the most popular road ultras. Um, it's uh, it's huge race, really old, like eighty years old. Okay. Um, and it's giant, like ten, eleven thousand people. Really. And um, they got an up run and a down run. They alternate because it's a net uphill one way and net downhill the other way. And it's got long, exhaustive ups and downs. And um, they have very strict cutoffs. Like one second, they close the stadium. You don't get to come in and finish. If you haven't crossed the finish line, you don't. But um, they got all these different classifications of awards. You get the double, you get the triple, you get the green, you get the yellow. Okay. It's a really, actually. That sounds interesting. It's a really cool ultra, super fast road ultra. And I think it's, I want to say, uh, oh, geez, I forgot. I was just going to tell you how many miles it was, but I just forgot. I think it might be 56. Okay. I think it might be, but it's a really it's a really cool marathon. Um, and again, it's a it's a road ultra, and it's a point to point, you know. Awesome. And it's got all this kind of celebration and pomp and circumstance yeah. around it. Um, but there are some, you know, road ultras. I mean, yeah. Well, even I mean, roads are roads. I like running the roads. I like running yeah. on the treadmill. I love running the canal path. Mm-hmm. Um, there's... Well, our first run together was just recently yeah. on the on the uh, rail trail, right? Yeah, on yeah. the Greenway. Greenway. I like the Greenway. There are certain sections of the Greenway I'm not a fan of, but I get over it. It's it's not long. It's whatever you deal with it. There are a couple ultras that are on my radar. Um, I've had a number of people ask me if I have any desire to take stab at making my unofficial PRs and training runs official for shorter distances. And I don't have any desire to do that. I don't like running short distance races. I don't, I can't find validation and paying $25 to run three miles. It's just not there. Um, I'm okay with spending a decent amount of money on a marathon or more and putting in the training, but no. Do I have any desire to go out and see if I can run a one thirty half marathon and spend $100 doing it? Absolutely not. My ability that I do on my own is perfectly acceptable to me. Mm-hmm. I'm more interested in testing myself at the longer distances. Right. What I have to work on is getting myself over the elemental issues, <laughs> environmental issues. Um, I have one that is on my radar that's late fall. It's in Virginia, and it's like a rail trail, 50K. What I love about it is that they have a Boston qualifying marathon split time, which... That sounds hard. I guess it depends on how you look at it, because if you go to run it to get your BQ time, and then the last six miles are a cool down... Mm-hmm. Why not? Yeah. So I crank out a 50K and a BQ qualification at the same time. Stroll in with a, you know. Yeah. It's 
So something different. I do I do want to do That's really interesting. at a minimum of 50K in the next year or so. That's a really interesting draw for a 50K, though, yeah. for, for a marathoner, right? Yeah. Run it fast and then stroll in. Yep. But you or not. <laughs> but you won't stroll it in. <laughs> Probably not. No. No. <laughs> not running 300 miles a month, I've, you're I've, not strolling I've it in. I've said to Greg and a number of people that I will complete the 50K distance on the treadmill before I ever do it in a race setting. Well, you know, they have certified treadmill. Shut it. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) I was serious about the uh, surprising entertainment value of that Rob Lowe book. So much so that I, uh, I put a link to it in the show notes. You know, the show notes, which you can find on our website which is www.runninginsideoutpodcast.com slash podcast slash zero two two. I don't know. Maybe it was uh, because it had so much content about that, you know, particular time in Hollywood, Brat Pack and all that. Anyway, um, running, running, that's right. Um, this isn't uh, Hollywood Inside Out now, is it? Um I think Amber hit a huge point for me when she talked about how the treadmill helps her stay on point with her recovery miles. How many times have you actually done your easy run easy? I I may have done it once or twice. Um, It's a big deal for me to, you know, like actually run slow. Not that I'm super fast, but run, run harder than is necessary on a given day. So maybe I'm going to try some of those uh, recovery treadmill miles. If nothing else, just to uh, beat into my head what a recovery or an easy mileage day is actually supposed to feel like. Also, maybe to see what this whole West Wing business is all about. But, all right, well, um, time for the wrap-up. Uh, thanks to you who have provided feedback and or kind words about the podcast. Uh, your help, encouragement, and support really uh, keep this thing going. So uh, thank you. Uh, quick thanks and congratulations to Pete Kresak from Ithaca, who took the time to say hello after his excellent 50-mile finish at the Beast of Burden a few weeks back. Um, I'll definitely be taking you up on that offer to tour the Cayuga Trails 50 course, Pete. So thanks for that. So as always, thank you for listening. Thanks for telling your stories and sharing this with your friends. Uh, Normally I say, like, get out there and create some stories. But, hey, feel free to stay inside and create some stories too. However you run, uh, just be sure to enjoy it. And then be sure to tell us about it. And uh, with that, be thankful for what you've been given, be proud of what you've achieved, and let go of what you lost. See you out there.